Hello and welcome to Earspace. Happy Monday to you. Happy whatever day it is that you are listening. But if it's today, it's a Monday. Hope your week is starting out great and thanks for tuning into the podcast. On today's episode, we get to know Ben Roth. We talked about uh, his recording studio, the Kaleidoscope. Um, We went really in-depth about some audio gear, um, DIY shows, MPC um, production, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, starting your own business in the recording space, and a whole bunch of other great stuff. Um, Big thanks to Ben um, after talking to him about the MPC workflow and, and a bunch of stuff. I actually went out and purchased an MPC so I could make beats um, away from the studio out and about in the woods and shit. So big shout out to him. Very stoked about that. Um, The song used on this episode is a recent release from Ben's band called Ramdas Dick Picks. It is by You, Me, and Everyone We Know. It's available on Spotify and wherever you listen to music. There'll be a link in the description um, wherever you are listening. And yeah, everything's going well over here. Hope you all are good. Uh, We got a new Earspace logo. Um, Be on the lookout for some new stickers. We're thinking about maybe doing merch as well. Shoot us a message if you have any cool ideas for that. Want to definitely do something that's a little bit out of the ordinary. Don't want to just do like a, you know, box label t-shirt type of deal. Not to knock those, but um, I'm not really sure what I want to do yet. Something interesting. So be on the lookout for that. As always, your space is made possible by Rock 10 Productions. If you're looking for any recording, mixing, or mastering time for your audio project, definitely give us a shout over at ROK. 10productions.com and definitely check out the Kaleidoscope. Um, you can uh, hit them up on Instagram and on I think they have a website super prepared over here but I'll there'll be links in the description on how to get in touch with them. And uh, yeah without further ado, here's my conversation with Ben Roth. Two earplugs, an owl dead bug, a black cat mid-sneeze, an old picture of me, snake plant slippers and house keys, the couch I slept on most of 2019, the clang of the gate, my feet on the way, the door where my vices stay, the recycling plant, an unwashed man, pretty soon a little Debbie in my hand. A bag on my head of either paper or plastic, existentially non-committal, and my moods are elastic. Like Ramdas taking dick pics or a platypus to use wildlife. I am changed at my fundamental, but not quite free of a past life. Still got that inflatable pull from that uh, thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. The pool or the... Because it was, uh, it was for someone to win session time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I ended up getting super drunk and having a great time and just, like, forgot about <laughs> it. <laughs> like, there was a couple people that showed up, um, but it was, like, kind of last minute. Like, I, I, I didn't really... I posted about it, 
but like I don't know the day of or the day before, you know. There's just so much going on. I had like two artists show up, and they were like, "This is a lot," you know what I mean? Like all this shit, whatever. So I just gave the one dude. I was like, "You win." Nice. Like, congrats. <laughs> Have you done the session yet? No. All right. No, I've actually had a session with him. Um, since then. That he was like, no, I want to pay for this. Like, we're gonna do this or whatever. We'll we'll do it later because he had some other artists that were on the session. So, I imagine whatever. in my own shoes that it would be really interesting to have an artist. Well, you know, usually when someone hits me up, I will like ask them for something to listen to or like yeah. check out their previous stuff wherever it's posted. So I kind of have some idea of like yeah, what's yeah. coming in. Yeah, but it would be really interesting to just like you win. Where, when do you want to do your session right like, so what the fuck do you do right right what right. is this right what am i doing yeah I, I lucked out i gave it to somebody that i had previously been working with um so i kind of knew like going into it what it was gonna be um but i think it would i'd like to do like a proper contest sometime soon like well here let's let's intro the podcast here and then we'll, we'll get into it yeah sounds good hey what's up everybody welcome back to ear space on today's episode we get to know Ben Roth. What's up, dude? Thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure, man. It's great to be here. Good shit. We were just having a natural conversation, and then I just throw in the intro and fuck it up per usual. Yeah. Now I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah, right? You were just pointing over. Um, you saw the... We got a new logo. Um, haven't actually put it out yet. Maybe by the time we put this episode out, the new logo will be... Um, visible, but I'm still trying to work out some kinks on it. The logo is dope, and shout it, out to Eric Tanzola. Okay, I was gonna say it, even though like the clock counter is over top of it on the screen right now, it yeah. kind of reminds me a bit of the Tiki, the Tiki fellas on the yeah, logo yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of like um, well, it's great podcast material. Nobody can see it, but you know the logo for the listeners out there, the logo that exists, the little guy. We just kind of like moved some things around and made it a little bit crisper, uh, more crisp, if you will. Because I want to start doing merch sometime in the near future. Yep. And I needed to have some like proper logo files because the existing logo, I just made it on my phone. I had a photo of the little guy that was like an artist made for the podcast. And then we just kind of, I don't know, I put text on like some app and was like, here we go. Here's a photo. (laughs) Everyone go check out the logo. It was dope. Right. But dude, um, so we were talking a little bit off mic here about, you know, music and whatnot. I I know uh, a little bit about you, but not a whole lot. I definitely want to get into the the music side of it a bit. Do you want to just like tell me, like, give me the rundown real quick? Like, you run a recording studio? Is that what's going on? I run a recording studio in Lancaster City called the Kaleidoscope. Gotcha. Right on. Okay. Away from this one on King Street. Yes. Yes. Very cool. We've been there for almost seven years. Nice. Which is crazy because in some ways it feels like it's been seven whole years, but in other ways it's like, holy shit, seven years. Right, right. That's a trip, man. It's a serious trip. What what's like the uh what's like the biggest thing you've seen over the last seven years? Like I don't know, that's a weird way to say it. Like for us, uh I think we got lucky because we sort of got in on that block of King Street right before a whole bunch of like money started getting put into that block to make it more of like an attraction gotcha uh tone taylor's was with us in the same building the same year that we opened up 
Uh, now there's a grocery store. There's an old folks home being built. Yeah. Airbnb stuff going on. Like, yeah, yeah. So since we've been there, you know, we've definitely noticed that the block is a little bit more active, getting cleaned up a little bit and more and more people are coming by. Not that we have like a storefront right. scenario anyway, but just being there to watch it all happen has been nice because it was definitely a little bit sketchier and like under the radar when we first moved in where now there's a lot of people going by people know where we are right 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 i'd say that's probably the biggest change is like the actual like the block itself has changed a lot gotcha i wanted to ask too because like i remember i went to a show there the first time i was ever there Mm. um to see cousin boneless i think it was yeah that Um, was a fun show and i remember i was like well where is it like where is your your place and like do you guys advertise your location at all no i so i did pretty much all of the booking for all of the shows that happened at the studio over the three plus years that we were doing it okay and went out of my way to ask people to leave the address off the flyers um so i'm i'm 35 yeah and between, I come from the Lehigh Valley. I'm from Nazareth, Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, okay. Allentown area. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been here for 11 years. But between playing shows at home and playing shows here in Lancaster, I've developed a love for just like the DIY community and like lifestyle and approach to the arts in general. Yeah. And all of my favorite spots have become defunct. Gotcha. Whether it's like someone deciding that they're too old for this shit and like getting out of the game or like cops coming and busting it and you know someone losing their lease or whatever Mm. like every like diy space that i've loved here or there or just from touring like r.i.p so many cool spots that have come and gone yeah uh so that was one thing that i tried to learn from my experience was to like keep the address off like Keep it within like a circle. Like if you know, you know. Gotcha. We're like gotcha. shoot our page a message, and if you don't look like a cop, I'll gotcha. respond to your message and tell you how to get to our place. Right. And that kind of kept it. You know, it kind of created, or felt like it created sort of a scene or a community within the people that would like frequent shows there. Right. And like who they would bring with them to the next one, or who they would tell about the next one, or yeah, you know whether or not you could. It's definitely cool. Like I remember being like, you know, without giving it away or whatever, but like walking down the little thing, you walk down and being like, "Where the fuck is this place?" Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden you jump into this awesome space, and it's like, "Oh, okay, cool." Like, I I I thought like, because like when I was, I've been in this building pretty much for the most part. Like, uh, say. Officially, I guess Rock Ten has been around since like 2011, 2012. There was a couple years where I was like, you know, recording in like my mom's basement, and like I was recording out of this like office space once, where like after hours, like I would like set up like a little microphone in this like uh, this, like this like sales office, and then oh I would God. have like a monitoring in like this other room, and I was just doing like hip hop projects and shit, and it was like super weird definitely like you know learning and whatnot i was charging like fucking five bucks an hour or something oh. you know what i mean how did you get hooked um, up with that space it was just game? uh it was just the kind of the right place at the right time a mutual friend uh you know knew some shit or whatever uh, looking wild. back on it it's fucking hilarious like i remember like um the per- the people that worked there were like they would get in touch with me and be like somebody stole my pen or something like that or i'd be like oh no like <laughs> so that, that that was a that was a short-lived thing but for when I was in this building before, I used to be in a different space, 
And I was always really hesitant about putting out my address because I was concerned from like a security perspective of being like, you know, it's a recording studio. Like, yeah, fucking your, your life's work is in one room. Yeah, right. Some right. asshole could like destroy if the notion hit him right. Yeah, dude, yeah. that's. So I was curious if that thing. was like where you guys were at with it, but the security cool is, of it. yeah, security is also totally a built-in thing there. Uh, since I was fourteen, I've been working in food service jobs outside of doing music stuff, yeah. and putting together a collection of instruments and equipment is, I guess, this makes me <laughs> like feel like I lack uh, depth or like dimension or something. But I've just been like collecting musical gear since I was yeah, a kid yeah. and same with my partner uh, and coming together. Now we have enough for like a functional, like nicely furnished studio. Yeah. But, like, right. Right. That shit didn't come quickly. Oh yeah. No. Or for free. Not at all. And like, yeah, the idea that I think that's every producer or engineers like worst nightmares one day showing up to your spot to find it ransacked. Yeah. Yeah. That would like, it's like my years heart. and years of of collecting different things and speaking on the money side of it too i mean like you know we're, we're definitely in like a different space now where it's, you don't necessarily have to go out and buy like a two hundred thousand dollar console to like dip your feet in the world of like recording but also yeah. at the same time like shit's expensive man yeah you know like i mean for for the lack of console now you have plugins yeah, and right. licenses right. and you know something we experienced recently at the studio was trying to get a new computer that then, you know, wouldn't run older versions oh, of like programs that we use. So we need to buy a new license. And, <laughs> I know, like, man. You know, I had that same. Are you guys Pro Tools? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and now we're using the current is a twenty twenty version. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before that, we were using Pro Tools ten. Hell yeah! Because we had a cracked bundle of plugins oh, that gotcha. If we would have updated our Pro Tools, we would have lost access to all of them. You know, it's. It's a whole other thing, one way or another. Like, if you want to do it well, you have to you have to pay up yep. to to keep up and do well. Yeah. And you know, computer stuff makes it a little bit easier to do it at your own pace and in a slight. You know, you don't have to buy a thirty two thousand dollar console or right, whatever. Right, right, right. But uh, yeah, it definitely all adds up, and it definitely takes time to learn how to use it well and whatever. And I think every engineer or producer like really covets their collection of gear because yeah. you know those are your tools yeah right right yeah i um i i, I want to say that i talk about it or had talked about it on the podcast before i know for a long time i was trying to keep it under wraps but at this point it's been so long ago and so many different things have gone into place that it, i'm not i want to say i'm not worried about it but also like i did have an incident uh like seven years ago or something like that i was in a different building um and i had a severe lack of judgment on who i was working with at the time and not i was really like doing a lot of like get trying to get as many people in the door as possible and not really spending the time to like seriously figure out what was going on you know what i mean yeah and also like from a legitimate level like my door didn't have like a lock on it and like <laughs> there was like there were, like it had a lock but it wasn't good and then like the building wasn't set up in a way that was very secure and whatnot and then there was something that happened now luckily i had insurance um because i used to dj Smart forever man. ago and i was always like yo what if somebody like spills a drink on my shit so i had like business insurance right um and i also like kept my kept my ears to the streets or whatever and like 
the we figured it all out. I got all my stuff back. Are you okay um, with talking about it? Because I'm really curious. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll, I'll, not I, to make I, you relive this, but like, no, no, no. I wonder how I would handle. Or well, so such yeah. A thing. I mean, I'll tell you the full story if you want to hear it. Um, and it's in its great detail. The only thing I was trying to think of is like, have I actually talked about this on the podcast before? But again, like, I'm not really worried about it. Um, at this point, so I'll, I'll give you the rundown. Right. Without leaving the or with with leaving the names out. Yeah, yeah. Um, fuck them though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, their names aren't important anymore. Um, karma's a bitch. Unless it's shit. someone who's still active and deserves to be blown up. I. They're not. Uh, out there anymore. Good. Okay. Um, we'll leave it at that. But that's fine. Um, yeah. So years ago, doing all this stuff, whatever, whatever. Uh, some young kids, uh, one of them actually overdosed in my studio, and I saved his life, um, which should have been a red flag, obviously. It would have been like, yeah, you know, like, shit happening in your like I was like, all right, like, this is weird, you know what I mean? Like, thank God you're okay, but, like, you know, maybe, like, we don't fucking, like, snort shit off the fucking thing while we're making music, yeah. buddy. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, I was just lost in it. Oh, my you know? God. So... And I kicked him out after the fact. Like we've, I've helped him out and whatever. But then I was like, "You guys, like, get, like we're we're done here, right?" And I don't know if that's what caused the animosity, but also like there was another person that was like a notorious. I didn't know at the time, but had been like uh, robbing like studios and people's houses and oh like like God. an actual like criminal, you know? Yeah. And, and I met him at one point. He came around with these guys, and I was like, "Nice to meet you." Blah blah blah. Whatever. And I got kind of weird vibes from him. Was he like eyeing up your spot? And he was like, just asking a lot of like really weird questions. Like, how much is this worth? Or like whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh, you know, like it's and I've since then dealt with that, but it's from like actual people being like curious. And I'm just like, oh I, my response is always just like Google it. Yeah, it's a lot of money, <laughs> man. Like, Google I don't know, it. like whatever. What I tell people for the most part, which is pretty much factual though, is like my current setup is like worthless in the hands of someone else. Like none of it will really work. Dude, speaking on like licenses and you shit. You saying that that's another thing that comes to mind is like I imagine so one of my favorite pieces at the studio is my MPC yeah. 1000. Okay. And I've had that thing for almost 10 years and I've you know I've moved from a bunch of different places with it or taken it to a bunch of crazy locations and like yeah. you know it's like a super prized possession to me that like I have learned inside and out right to make myself useful in some way in any sort of musical scenario yeah and i imagine someone coming in and just like stealing it because it could be worth something and right. i know that that motherfucker whoever they would be like you know would never have like the love for it or like the knowledge of it right. to be able to use it as you know it's not the gun that makes the man it's the man that makes the gun right 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 kind of mentality yeah that i feel like you know a lot of producers have once they you know get familiar with their stuff you know how to get the sound that you want from something exactly. because you're so familiar with it. Exactly. And someone like coming and taking it is just like, just like, yeah, on it's so a horrible many thought. levels, like it's just, a horrible thought, yeah, but a also on just like on a, on a logistics level too. Like, um, you know, I'm not going to put it all out there, all the different things we got going on here now to like mitigate any possible risks, but like all my hard drives are like fucking, I have like backups that are here and elsewhere and other shit. Like everything's encrypted you were to take a hard drive like it's not gonna you can't you do anything with it you okay. know what i mean good um and like all my my computer stuff's like all oh, whatever whatever but like all the gear itself like i don't really have a lot of shit most of it's in the box and yeah. because of that it's like a lot of it's not even really like like all my licenses i, I opted out for like the cloud um 
stuff, like all my iLock shit. Mm-hmm. And I put all my licenses on my iLock thing. And it's not like I have an iLock here, but if you take it, like it's not, it's weird. It's like it has to be plugged into my computer, but it's not actually like doing anything. All my licenses are actually existing, like in the iLock like server or whatever. So let me know if you experienced this twice over the last couple months. Yeah. The iLock cloud has gone down. Really? In like America and I forget where else, like the UK or Dude, something. Maybe it's gone down like when I wasn't here or some shit because I, I haven't had any issues. So one time it happened. But that while is scary as fuck. Though we were like mixing or, or doing something, and we're like, "Oh shit!" Like Pro Tools just logged out. So there's a problem with the iLock. Checked online. Sure enough, like yeah. iLock, like they like posted like, something yeah. like, "We're down, sorry." Yeah. And uh, John and I were both like, "Well, you know, I guess that's it for today." But like, good thing we weren't in the middle of a session because right. that would really suck. Right. And then sure enough, a couple weeks later, we were in the middle of a session. Yeah, and iLock went down, and we were just like, and and you yeah. could mitigate that from having your licenses on the actual drive, though, right? That's what we've done since then. Is just gotten yeah. a proper little iLock yeah. USB John, and that's yeah. what we keep our stuff on. Gotcha. But yeah, iLock, you know, no hate, but get it together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the engineers all over were just like, right, right, right. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. I literally can't access my shit because iLock went down. Yeah, like, right. That people affected like, people. iLock? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. We had to explain <laughs> like, like, what dude, it's was this going fucking on. little magical it's stick. It's really stupid, but yeah. we need this thing to access our program that we bought. Right. And they have control of it for some reason. Yeah, I, I, I like it and I don't like it. But also the concept of being like, you like could it. take your little USB and plug it into any computer and then you have like access to your stuff or whatever. But also, you'd have to like download the programs on the computer and then at that point it's like, well, exactly. Yeah, fucking, why can't you just download it and, then ha- and use it? I think they you know? want that so that you don't just go to a bunch of computers and use oh, yeah. your iLock to download Pro Tools for someone else to yeah. use. Yeah. But when it comes to then, like, all right, now you're just, like, fucking over literally everyone that bought your shit, like, right. during their work day. Right. With, like, not really any sort of apology or way to, like, make it right other than, like, yeah. saying that it happened. That is sketchy, though. I, I've been fortunate that I didn't have any of those issues Um but that does make me second guess, like my whole like thinking of that, because that's you know, like you you spoke on like cracked uh, plugins and stuff way mm-hmm. back forever ago. I had this great, I forget it, it was like a Waves like pack or some shit like that, mm-hmm. and there was this one compressor um, emulator. It was like a CLA two A mm-hmm. that I used all the time for like everything. It was like this is so great, whatever yeah. you know what I mean. And then like one day it just like was like nope, it doesn't work anymore. Uh, you must Sorry. have updated I, yeah, something right, on your right, computer. Right. And that's when I learned years ago, like, never update. Yeah. Get your com- like, get your work ever. computer, like, working <laughs> with its current setup, and then leave yeah. it alone. Yeah. I've updated Pro Tools twice in, like, my life. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a fucking nightmare. And you got to pay for it and mm-hmm. all this other shit. The, so you have, that's the newest version of Pro Tools? Yeah, I think so. I like the newest one and yeah, it's I don't 20, know if it's 2020 point something but I think there might be another one that's out there might be it's like point six or that one know. though should also have night mode have you seen night no. I think it's called night mode I haven't all right I'll show it to you is then. it like turn it black kind of it's it darkens logic-y. it looks more like logic oh really which before starting the studio I originally learned on Pro Tools in community college back in like 2005. Yeah. But then 
you know, got myself a laptop and Logic just somehow became what I had. Oh, someone got me a cracked version of Logic. Yeah, yeah, right. Dude, that's right, how right. I've been living. Yeah. Uh, but I used Logic for a while before uh, starting the studio, where my yeah. two partners at the time. One of them was Pro Tools certified and the other was pretty close behind. So I was kind of the like, well, you better learn Pro Tools, bud. Yeah. Uh, so I love the way that the night mode, I guess I think that's what it's called. I the night check skin it out. looks because it looks more like logic and it's just a little bit easier on the eyes. I yeah. Think. Yeah. That's something that I, um, I got these like blue light glasses and I've been like fucking around with like dimming my screen because like if I wanted to see like what. You, do your eyes ever get fucked up from like staring at the computer for mad long? Yeah. Um, on days where I'm doing like drum editing or like vocal tuning stuff, a lot of the flow that we've been experiencing at my studio is like working with artists that have like a batch of songs that are coming in. So, like, you know, we'll spend a day tracking drums and depending on how it goes sometimes we'll do it during the sessions but a lot of times you know to keep the session moving and keep the drummer going while we have him there we'll end up uh comping and editing later so days that then i come in to do that and i'm just like staring at the same spot on the screen like lining up drum hits and placing cuts and like whatever i get headaches and definitely notice that i need to like just get up and walk outside or something for a minute because it gets a little bit a little bit crazy and maddening. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I, I get antsy I too. You. If yeah. I'm sitting in one spot for a while, I get really antsy. So I'll try to put on something like a record or something that I'm excited about to kind of like pacify me. Yeah. yeah or yeah. get some food or something to drink to right. kind of like keep me cruising. But yeah, it definitely gets tough to like sit still and stare at a computer and it definitely doesn't feel good for my eyes or my brain after a while. Gotcha. How, how much like time out of like if you say like a, a an average week like how much time do you spend in the studio in relationship to like i don't know life stuff because it's something that i'm trying to talk to about like with as much people as i can try to figure it out for myself is like i, I don't have any balance really in like my Work life, life right balance now. yeah i'm like just here all the time <laughs> and there's no windows so i'm like like I, you know i go out me and my girlfriend go do stuff every once in a while but you know yeah i'm, I'm just like working right now and it our studio is the same way me. It's kind of a cave. <clears throat> yeah. And I love that because, you know, when you bring an artist in or when you are like feeling a creative vibe and you're in here, you can just go and forget about everything else. Yeah. But after you've been in a room doing that for a couple of years, yeah. you kind of feel a little bit crazy. Yeah. Um, my work life balance kind of is the same as yours. Uh, you know, as an audio person, trying to have like you know a successful entrepreneurial studio experience like you put in a ton of time like being at your spot whether it's like yeah you know working on mixes or answering emails or setting stuff up and or having you know session work and whatever like it kind of is all-encompassing and never really turns off because there's always something to do right and you can probably relate to this as you know you are a rock 10. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much that goes into it. Like you're the, you're the janitor, you're the yeah. custodian, yeah, you're right. the PR guy. You're, yeah. you're also the lead engineer. You're yeah. also the accountant. Like yeah. you wear so many hats Yeah, trying to cover all the bases that it takes a lot of time. And even in your time off, you know, you probably are getting, you know, uh, messages from clients and stuff 
don't keep normal nine to five business yeah. hours. Like, right, right, right. You'll get a message whenever the fuck. And whenever you get it, you want to try to answer it because, well, it seems like a smart, it shows that you care. It shows right, that you're right, available. Right. And, you know, I've lost gigs by waiting too long to answer someone or taking too much time to, like, figure out logistical stuff on my end. And then, well, it's all good. We got it sorted out. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah, right, you right. Know, so for that, like, there's definitely a pressure to try to make yourself available whenever duty calls. And, you know, when you're dealing with artists or musicians, they also aren't keeping a typical nine to five right. schedule. Like, they're out gigging or, like, practicing, you know, ideas are coming to them whenever the hell hours of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so sometimes I'll wake up to a message, like, from what the fuck? Like, one o'clock in the yeah. schedule? Like, yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. man, like, when you wake up, hit me back. Like, right, right. Whatever. Uh, and sometimes that, you know, I, you know, talking about work-life balance i also try to like turn that off and it's nice to have a separate studio space that is my workspace because you know when i'm there i know what i'm doing and what i'm focusing on and then when it's time to go home like when the session's over or the songs are mixed or whatever like yeah. i try to generally schedule my work stuff around the same hours that my partner works mm. who she uh works a traditional nine to five yeah so you know unless i'm working a night session or have a rehearsal or something which happens i try to keep most of our work during the day like a normal human just for like some sort of sense of yeah. a schedule and normalcy so that when i'm done for the day you know i can come home we'll go for a walk or make dinner or whatever and you know i can try to separate it but yeah the short answer is that it's hard and you know, sometimes this gig feels like it demands you to to be willing to put in more time. I saw some kind of meme and it, it said entrepreneurs are the only people who are crazy enough to work an 80 hour work week to avoid working a 40 hour <laughs> work week. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it kind of it makes sense, but it's it's the price you pay for doing what you want to do and kind of going against the grain. Right. In a society that doesn't always like reward that or consider that. I think it's important to talk about, too, because, like, I mean, I think in, like, the last, I don't know, say, five, six years or whatever, like, the concept of starting your own business has been a lot more accessible, but it's also gotten a lot more, like, air quotes, like, cool, right? But, like, so you get all these, like, gurus and shit and all these internet people that are like, start your own business, do this and whatever, whatever, and I've seen so many studios and, and just businesses and whatnot of people that, like, like uh, and I'm... I'm you know, I'm not some fucking Superman over here or whatever, but I've seen so many people fuck up and, and fail and, and, and for the most part, it's just from giving up. Mm -hmm. Like, I try to put out that message as much as humanly possible. It's like, you want to start your own thing? Like, you fucking know, bro. Like, it sucks. Like, to a degree. Like, it's great. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's it's worth it, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Um, Always will be. But, like, I've sacrificed so many fucking things to make this shit work, both personally both financially, oh, yes. both relationship-wise, life-wise. Like, I think a couple episodes ago, I was was talking about, like, the classic, like, I'm trying to kind of balance and, and figure it out a little bit, but, like, uh, like the typical, like, people go out on Friday nights or, like, Saturday nights to go out to the bar or they go out and, like, party or whatever. <laughs> I haven't done that shit in, like, I don't know, fucking years. You know what I mean? Like, every once in a while, I'll go out, check out a show or, like, um, 
but I, I found myself I found myself at some point or another doing it more on a networking level yeah. rather than just on a personal like enjoyment, which which then kind of fucked me up when I realized it. Because I was like, damn, like I'm not even like a human anymore. I'm just like I go out to a show and I'm like, well, I got I, this person will be there. I should probably talk to them about that project or this yep. thing or whatever. And like it kind of goes back to balance, you know what I mean? Of like trying to figure out, you know, because like like you are the kaleidoscope. But you are also bent. Yeah. Like I am Rock Ten or whatever, but I'm also Byron. I'm just a person. Like the successes and the failures of my business aren't necessarily me, although they are me. But like that's the thing that I'm trying to like work out right now. Cause mm-hmm. like shit's been going well and it, it, you know, there's ups and downs, classic, you know, ride the wave. But I'm trying to really focus on like when something doesn't work out or something doesn't pan out necessarily or like a, a session gets rescheduled at the last minute or whatever, that it's not that like I failed or some shit, that it's just like shit just ha- fucking happens, man. And like, it certainly, you know does. what I mean? Like it's, it's very weird. The, the, the connection that you have to your baby, mm-hmm. you know, your studio. And especially like, yeah, the, it means the, you care. It's the artistic thing though, too. You know, like we're, we're not like running, um, like banks or whatever, you know, or I'm trying to think of like an uncreative job pursuit or some shit but everything's kind of creative you know but it's like you're making art you're an artist and the separation is very hard you know what you said about you know like i also compared to how i lived in my early 20s and whatever like i don't really go out to bars at night yeah you know i honestly prefer like cooking dinner at home than like going out just to be frugal with money. Right. And when I do go out, it's usually to check out some kind of show or right. like an artist that like I'm interested in or working with in some capacity or whatever. And I've had the same kind of like, oh my God, am I like only here for work? Yeah. But like, no, nah, like right. I'm here because I fuck with this band and right. I want to work with them because I love what I do and right. I believe that like I have something to offer them to benefit them. Like, you know, I still genuinely like enjoy what I enjoy and just the nature of trying to do what you love for work then brings in questions for yourself when you're doing what you love. Right, right. Is it for work? Like it's fucked, man. Like I mean, yeah. I, I wanted to ask like um so like you you make beats and stuff, yeah? Yeah. Like you you're a musician and like obviously I I think of like engineers as being like musicians as well, but like if you could separate it just for the sake of the conversation like yep. um let's say that like engineers are it's it's like the i don't know the business side of it or whatever i look back to like when i was making beats and not selling them to people not looking for placements not doing any of that stuff just making music to make music right being in a band whatever i want to know like from your perspective like how did you deal with like the concept of all of a sudden like you're you're making money off of like your art. Like how did that go for you? Beat making for me still holds kind of an ambiguous place in my uh studio experience and scheme and ambitions. Yeah. Um I before before we built the kaleidoscope, I was recording out of my basement on fifth street a couple blocks away and i got the mpc 1000 and that to me was like you know there was like a really serious and obvious line drawn between 
I'm working on recording a band and I'm going to, you know, plug my record player in and mess with some samples and try to make beats. Like one was the intention was to work on being an audio engineer and learning how to mix and track and whatever. And the other one was just strict like admiration and love and enjoyment for hip hop music yeah. and realizing that like I could do it too with this machine and right, the right, old right. school, you know, analog beat machines and samplers were how all of my favorite stuff was done. So I just loved that I was experiencing part of a culture. Yeah. Um, over the last couple of years, uh, that separation still kind of existed until I sort of had this light bulb moment that, you know, a lot of my favorite artists and production works had samples or like electronic elements or beats or keys mm. to them. And that the MPC 1000 or MPC, whatever yeah. I have uh, the 2000 XL and the 5000, which, you know, both have, or all have different like ranges of capability depending on like when they were made in the MPC uh, lineage. Yeah. Yeah. But like had this light bulb moment of like, all right, like I could do that. Like I could MIDI sync our session with my MPC and add like an electronic beat there. Like, holy yeah. shit. So I started trying to open the door during sessions uh, to move to move from, strictly engineering a project to like hey i have an idea for this part like yeah. could you hear this right, right you know if there was like a specific song that i was drawing inspiration from or a track that i could reference like see how it's done in here like this is kind of what i'm hearing like could you vibe it yeah and overwhelmingly like the artists that we were working with would say let's try it yeah you know when you're working with someone on their music as an engineer, there's always sort of like the the battle of how much you can get done with the artist's budget for their project. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if everyone could afford to take, you know, a week per track, you could try everything that right, you could right, possibly right. think of and then pick from it. And But that's just not the case. So I, I really was trying to be conscious and uphold, you know, making sure that I was meeting the artist's needs and meeting their vision and getting as much as we could out of their time while also trying to make it enjoyable for myself and exercise my own like creativity and craft. Yeah. So it started by just asking, you know, if I could try some things during sessions and it went well. And now uh, the way we're running the kaleidoscope, we have two different computer setups. Uh, we have, our main like mixing computer control room, which is like isolated from our live room, but we also have, you know, a computer and a bunch of samplers and keyboards set up as sort of like a production station or studio B yeah. in our live room. Oh, cool. And what we've sort of landed on there is a workflow that allows my partner John and I to work on you know, the same tracks, the same sessions, the same artists, you know, batch of songs, yeah. you know, separately so that we're both, you know, like, all right, John, you're going to take the drums. Cool. I'm going to go out here and like do some keys. All right. You're yeah. going to tune the vocals. I'll come out here and lay down whatever the fuck. Uh, but it's, 
that's kind of also helped open the door to all right well like you know he's going to be here tightening up the drums for a bit what i'm hearing in this part is some keyboards and blah 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 like let me take you over here and show you and uh you know him and i being able to coordinate our efforts to work on the same tracks just from different angles has also kind of you know benefited the artists and had people come back to us because they really enjoyed their experience and you know opened up some time to be creative and try some different things that you know otherwise we might not have that gotcha. added value to the song or or whatever but yeah gotcha. all, all this to say yeah basically slowly but surely i've realized that there doesn't have to be a line between them and that they can work together and it's been sort of uh setting the intention to like working towards a setup where that's possible and intuitive and and works. I love it man. I was I was thinking about it in like a completely separate way, but that the way that you explain that is is interesting. I'll definitely have to try to, you know, work some of that in cuz like for the most part uh, I don't really record bands and stuff. We were talking about it a little bit off mic. I'm trying to kind of break into that territory a bit more. Um but from my perspective like I work with a lot of hip hop artists in recording and then you know I'll be like oh like i got all these beats you know what i mean like check this stuff out or whatever and i got stuff on my website or this that mm-hmm. and the other but for me like there was this weird disconnect at one point where i was like i was making just stuff that like was like really fucking weird and didn't make any sense but then i had people that were like hey can you make this and like a custom instrumental and i'll buy like you know the rights from it from you or whatever and then i started like making more stuff that like i liked but it was also like not from my original thought it was like yeah ultimately bro just to be honest about it i've talked about it at nauseam on the podcast i haven't said it in a while but i went from making like a lot of like really really cool fascinating weird trippy like boom bap style stuff to like literally just making trap beats all the time and like drill beats and shit and then like it started to like fuck with my soul so i was like i like this style of music but like it was so oversimplified where like i would uh put together some like really interesting progression or something like that and then every single time it was like where's the fat 808 and the rolling hi-hats and i was like fuck like yeah there's so much more to this you know yeah and now i'm in a place where like i don't really give a shit about that anymore like if somebody wants me to do some stuff like that like right on bro i gotta pay the bills like i'll make you whatever you want but then like adversely i'll come back and I'll make like I've been making some like really fucking weird shit lately cool. and like trying to market it as like, hey, like this is like me. Right. I made this fucking weird thing. Like, I think you could rap over this and then people will spit on it and they're like, oh, this is like a lane I've never went down before. So I'm, I'm, I'm nice. slowly but surely trying to like figure out my own like sound, if you will, or whatever. But the the business side of it is what, what I was kind of getting at is like it fucks me up occasionally because it's like I'm just trying to make art. But I'm also running a business, and it's weird sometimes. Finding balance <laughs> is tough. Yeah. And as you said that, I guess I realized I do still have a bit of, like, a hard separation because, you know, I don't actively really market or try to sell my beats. Mm-hmm. Like, I use the MPCs as a creative tool, and like you said, as requested, like, you yeah. know, where's the 808? Where's the rolling hat? Cool. Got yeah, it. Yeah, right. Uh, so I, I, you know, I try to create for clients on the spot, but I have, you know, a pretty extensive collection of beats that are just mine. Like these were my yeah. meditative, like unwinding exercise. Yeah. 
that I do when I don't have something else to do at the studio or right. I get a new record that I want to check out. Like right. I, I kind of make those for me. Yeah. And there's been a couple instances where hip hop artists that I've been working with have come in and asked me what I'm working on. So I'll load them up on the NPC and show them what I got. Yeah. And I've sold a couple that way. Uh, but really right now they're for me until should there ever be a time where someone's like interested in like just hearing my like body of work. Yeah. Uh, which I don't even know, you know, mostly what we do at my studio is a lot of rock and roll indie. We've been doing more hip hop lately. Uh, but yeah, making beats thing is, has just kind of been my own personal, like unwinding meditative exercise gotcha. that I share with some people, but really mostly use, you know, in a session, uh, just to create something for the track that we're working on. Gotcha. Like adding elements. And yeah. Whatnot. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you were saying. That Usually too. like, you know, not a full track is made on the NPC. It's just gotcha. kind of like, you hear that little noise in the background? Yeah, no. Right. Okay, cool. That was my NPC. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, like, gotcha. To add little like bells and whistles. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I guess there's still sort of like, there's a whole untapped a, a, ability there though too, you know, but yeah. also like, it's kind of whatever you want it to be though at the same time. Like, yeah, I have the, uh, this project I've been talking about on the podcast and promoting for years, but like no one's heard it yet. But like I have like a solo project I've been working on as like to put out as like an artist, you know what I mean? Okay. It's all like instrumental stuff ranging from like house music into like really organic, like weird, trippy shit or whatever, right? Cool. Um, but that's all like in the same time, it's like that's just it's for me, like right now, you know? And it's all mm -hmm. stuff that I like same thing like you said, like maybe I wasn't doing something that day or I, I needed it right then and I just like sit down and make a song and I'm like, no one's gonna ever hear this. But at the same time, like I wanna put it out there. So I think it's neat. Mm -hmm. But like there's just, you know, it's a fucking well, and a lot you, that goes into that. You know, like I was saying, you're in this room for years and yeah. like years disappear and you know, you have how many days like that a year where you right. make a little something that's for yourself and before too long, yeah. you know, you check out your hard drive oh, and it's like bad. <laughs> damn like this is all me like yeah. this project that i don't have a name or intention for you know is, is a lot of that stuff made on the machine yeah 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 dude yeah. I'll, I'll show you then when when we're when we're wrapping up quickly yeah, my my nightmare folders everything's like uh, i took the opportunity during the shutdown to like like everything was organized before but like all my beat stuff was like not organized and now it's organized in a way that's like like it works but it's almost like too organized if you will but it's great i can find everything that i'm looking for good uh yeah I, I definitely took note when i came in here that some of the pads are are looking pretty worn <laughs> on that machine and that is Dude. a sign of a well-loved yeah. piece of gear yeah, i love man. that yeah yeah my it's, NPC uh, pads are the same way Dude, it's funny too it's like i normally put my kick and my snare on the, those yep. first two a1 a2 yeah 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 that, that machine dude i've had that now for i think like probably like seven or eight years and like it I don't know how it's maybe not seven or eight years, maybe maybe like five or six, but it's um I don't know how it's uh not dead yet. I've taken it all apart and like swapped out all the components and shit. Like the sensors have all died yep. numerous times. Like I'm gonna have to get because at some point the circuit board itself is gonna like the the sensors are gonna get fucked up, and I know that time is coming. And the thing that sucks with the machines is like it's just the you know it's just a um it's a controller and the the price is like they depreciate in value like 
immediately after you buy them, essentially, like, yeah. for whatever reason. So I've been looking at, I'm actually, I was doing some research this morning. I've been thinking about getting an NPC for the the point of having, like, some standalone aspect that I can, like, go out into the world and do shit. That's one of my um, favorite parts about it. I, but I, I'm I, I'm hung up, man. So I, I've watched some of your live streams using the machine mm. and seen other artists use it, and I mean they're generally in the same world of the way they operate, yeah. The way they're laid out. Uh so I think you know if you know your way around on that thing, you would definitely pick up an NPC and yeah. say, "All right, well it's all like in this thing, right? But like right, right. Same idea." And it's so cool to have something that I don't know why I'm snobby about this, but I am a little bit. I love seeing artists that have electronic elements to them without a laptop on stage. Yeah. With oh, all yeah, analog sure. gear that like. Yeah. And I know it doesn't, you know, they could still be controlling it or like performing the parts on their MIDI keyboard. But just seeing that little like floating apple on stage <laughs> makes yeah, me sad. Right, right, like right. I want I just it's distracting and like. Yeah. To me, having all analog gear is just reminiscent of like the most organic uh, musical expression. Yeah, which probably isn't even true, but it's just one of my hangups here as a guest on the podcast. No, I got you. <laughs> like, I got yeah, you. I I just love the idea that it's all contained and you can take it with you wherever you go. And right. You don't need anything else. Right. It's all you need, and it's one thing. Yeah, and that's even like kind of where I'm at now. Is like I used to have a laptop, and I was like, oh sweet, like if anything, I could take the machine and the laptop, and then like not. That I'll tell you about that mixer later. The little, the shitty old Newmark IDJ. It's I have it just for uh, uh, nostalgia purposes, but I use it now to reference uh, vinyl. Um, cool. It, it's horrible, but I was in theory I could just like use that as a pass through or whatever, um, and like have like a live setup with it or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't have a laptop anymore, so <laughs> so like I'm not gonna lug my iMac around if I want to go do some shit. No. And uh, you know we were talking about. Um, uh, I don't know if this his episode will come out either before or after this one, um, but you know a little bit you know the, the Keystone Classics thing and like the, the you know Red Rose Beat Club and and all that concept. I was thinking about it more and I was like, fuck, I'm not mobile. <laughs> like I can't come. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like that breaks my heart. So you know I was talking to Bruce Banner about it and I was like, I'll figure something out. Like if anything, like so I'd love to be a part of that shit and like you know it's really neat and i've already been in this position where i'm kind of like i need to figure out a more mobile setup because i want to start like gigging again like it's been mm -hmm. years and that's a whole other thing but um yeah i'm, I'm kind of jumbling my words because like i i don't know like it, the thought of like learning a brand new thing is like i've done it before i'll do it again whatever but like i know that fucking thing so well yeah I, and machine itself like it's a software right Machine software fucking sucks. I hate it. But I've learned all these like really backwards weird workarounds to make it work like exactly how I want to. Then and from what I understand, NPC. like <laughs> NPC, like uh, whether it's like a, through a software or just like the the unit itself, you know what I mean? Like it does all that just like you know right away. Because I, I was looking at the you you probably have way better knowledge on this. I was looking at the NPC Live. That one looked cool. My knowledge, so, but like I have I just, three NPCs, like, yeah, and the way that they operate and the way they're laid out, there's some similarities between them, but there's also differences between all of them. Yeah. So my knowledge is limited to 
the ones that I have. Right. But what I what I know about the live is that you know it's got a built-in speaker, which is cool as shit. Yeah, that's neat. I'm pretty sure it either comes or can be modded to be battery powered, so you can take it to go. I love seeing videos of people like chill next to the water, yeah, or, like out man, in the woods, out the woods, like doing. Yeah, thing. I want to do that shit so bad. Yeah. Uh, actually, if you have you checked out the SP four hundred four? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. thing's battery powered. Right. And, like great for like. That beat performance stuff like that can you pl- like i'm really big on to like playing everything well. out like can you like is the sp404 more like a thumb thing or you can like jam on it i've seen it done a couple ways just from following hashtags on instagram and yeah. everyone kind of has their own spin on it right for me uh i think the sp404 is best used as a performance tool to like you load up your beat Right. Or like part A and part B on right, like right. or C, however far yeah. you want to split it up. But like you load up an already made beat right. onto a pad and then use all the effects because gotcha. the effects are sort of like the missing piece that the NPC doesn't have. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Where the NPC is great for sampling, chopping up, and sequencing like what you want to happen. Right. The SP four hundred four is great for letting it play and then tweaking it and. Gotcha. Using the effects. Gotcha. Because like the pads aren't touch sensitive or dynamic at okay. all. It's just like yeah. on okay. or off. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um but I mean, you know, people use them to make full beats and right. to like sample onto. Uh I just came at it from the other direction of having an MPC for years and then acquiring a four oh four kind of by chance. Gotcha. And that was like the the intuitive way for me to use it. Gotcha. Cause like the other thing that this is like I, I don't know how how our listeners go. S- some people are like, from what I understand, like really really into the music aspect of it and the technical stuff, and that's why I wanted to talk more about this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But also, some people just listen for whatever. So, anyone out there that doesn't <laughs> sorry, know what we're y'all. talking about, that so, sorry, but for everyone that does, right on. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh the one thing that I was trying to figure out was like I have a shit ton of like plugins and like VSTs, and I recently just got complete. Uh whatever the new one is and like got all these new like uh digital modular modular synthesizers and like all this weird shit and i can really like go in and like create i know it's still digital but like really create some stuff from the ground up and whatnot they get better and better by the way i feel like even from my limited experience there's some cool like emulators out there that like i've heard the comparison and it's like i get it but also like the sound sound, sounds pretty good yeah (laughs) you know it gets closer and closer Uh, well my big hang up is like if i were to like go down the road of MPC, like, could I still use, like, the software stuff within my workflow? Or, like, is it... Yeah. Like... Uh, So one of the things I've messed around with is creating a MIDI circle between... All right, so I'll have, like, my interface that's connected to, to my computer, and I run MIDI out of the interface into MIDI in of the MPC, run the MIDI out, of the MPC into the MIDI in of a keyboard. Okay. Run the MIDI out of the keyboard into the MIDI in of the interface. Okay. So, you know, I'll pull up like a, a MIDI track and an audio track, depending on what I'm working on. Uh, but yeah, you could pull up like a VST. And as long as you're sending MIDI out from your MPC and your keyboard, you know, middle C on the MPC will be middle C on your keyboard, will be middle C on your computer. Yeah. So with that kind of a setup, you know, you can 
perform something and like, you know, you'll hear the audio on your audio track, but your MIDI track will like be copying everything that you're playing either on the MPC or the keyboard. Gotcha. And if there's something in your performance that you don't like, you go into the MIDI track and you move it in time or like fix the note, like make yeah, sure right, it's the right, right note. And then you send MIDI out from your computer to perform the part correctly through your setup again. And gotcha. then it will record, you know, correctly, ideally. Gotcha. Um, so that's been kind of like a fun little experiment that I've been messing with at my spot. Uh, so like, you know, you, you could dial in a, a great sound with your VST and, you know, perform it because there still is you know if you have a dynamic keyboard and and whatever i think it's just still more intuitive to me to like perform a part than program it yeah 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 and that gets you like most of the way there and if you're like me you'll probably mess up but then you can like fix it digitally and then like re-record it and then it's there cool because like one thing i've been doing a lot lately is i've been like designing these like sounds and whatnot um, playing them on the keyboard and then resampling them and then chopping them up on the machine and then like Hell yeah. making it sometimes a lot late. There's something I was working on yesterday. I, I don't know. I, I think I might have deleted it because I was I was really mad. It was bad mood for making music. Sometimes you, I just try to like force it. I had like an hour left and like I had to go somewhere and I was like I'm gonna try to make a beat quick. Um, that's never, always never really the way to go, but um, I was like trying to make it like it like I played this really fluid, melodic, interesting like synth thing, and then I was like trying to make it sound like I cho- like I was chopping it, but I was trying to make it like sound like I wasn't trying to. It was weird. So like, all right, so I take this like really melodic, smooth, transitional piano piece or synth piece, chop it up, and then chop it to like make it sound like it's chopped. But then, like with like reverbs and delays and stuff, try to compensate for that to make it sound like it wasn't chopped. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like kind of like a like a paradox of like I just wanted to see like what it would sound like. And yeah. It ended up sounding like really fucking cool. Um, you know, it's like fucking it up and then on purpose and then trying to fix it and make it sound like you like. Oh yeah, it, you know what I mean. Like make it sound like I've it had was some a sample. Successes and some failures with that. Yeah, because depending on you know the part that you're sampling. If you're not, you know, chopping it evenly, like on beat, yeah. and it's coming in like you know halfway through a note or like closer to when a note changes, like it, it creates sort of like a new rhythm that right. you're trying to like compensate for and play right. with, and yeah, some, sometimes it's shit, worked man. really well, and yeah. sometimes it hasn't. Yeah, and I've enjoyed both, honestly, just because I know that I'm setting out to try to make chaos and turn right. it into something cool, right? And that by the nature of things, it doesn't always happen. Yeah. I love audio, man. It's it's. Uh, I love talking to other people that that you know work in the space and know oh, yeah. the stuff too. It's like the best. I'm trying to get as many different like engineers and you know producers and and everybody that you know we can talk about stuff to come down here and and talk about shit. But especially sampling and beat making, I feel like is a niche thing around here. Yeah. That when you find someone that like gets it the same way you do, like. Yeah, there's just so much stuff to like talk about. Like, have you tried this? Oh, I never thought of that. Like, right, oh, so, right, right. You know, people can inspire each other for sure. Hell yeah, talking dude. About it. I got a. Um, there's so many things I could. I, I want to show you now, but um, really not good for the podcast. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to show you later before you gotta leave. But um, it looks like we got some some good time going here. I don't know. Um, I left my phone over there. Do you know what time it is? We've got. I know you said you got to get out of here at like twelve, right? 
I have a rehearsal at the studio at twelve. It's eleven twenty-two. Oh shit! Okay, damn. Well, we can uh, we can wrap this up, man. Um, I wanted to say thanks a lot for for coming on. I love when like the the best thing ever is I like, glance up at this giant clock here, and I'm like, oh shit, we've been talking for like an hour. Like, yeah, didn't feel like an hour, you know. No, um, it's very cool. Uh, I just want to say thanks again for for coming on the podcast. Um, if there's anything you want to plug, where can the people find you? Um, put that information out here now, and then when you're done with that, uh, uh, actually, wait, let me rephrase that. I'm gonna reset that. Uh, thanks for for coming on the on the podcast. If you want to leave the people with a a story, a brief story you want to tell to anyone out there listening, and then when you're done with that, um, shout out your plugs. So here you go. Here, here's the podcast. It's all you. Well, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. And I'm really thankful that there's people like you doing this kind of thing to help get our stuff out there. Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin with a story. It's so I'm nebulous. sorry. It's like I, it was an old segment. I used to always end the podcast with tell me a story. And I've decided I'm going to start bringing it back. Ah, shit. Or you can just shoot your plugs. It's all good. <laughs> Man, I feel so unprepared. Uh, and things have felt so like mundane as of late. I've just been in this like wormhole of time traveling through my days and, you know, being at home, being at the studio. Uh, so I guess I'll plug uh, what I would say is a noteworthy release coming from the Kaleidoscope is a new full length from my band, You, Me, and Everyone We Know. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and wherever you like streaming music. Uh, this new album's called Something Heavy. And our singer, uh, Ben, describes the album as cosmically whimsical. Uh, but it's really, really a... Uh, just like a State of the Union address that I think everyone can relate to after the last year and how everyone's felt and just kind of like a what the fuck, but we all know what the fuck, <laughs> but like talking about what's really up with, you know, consciousness and how everyone treats each other and how we treat ourselves. And uh, yeah, it was a really cathartic experience to write and record the record. Uh, there's two singles out now, an another single coming out on Thursday which is actually my favorite song on the record. It's called Ram Das Dick Picks. Uh, which every time I I have a complicated relationship with the name, but yeah. it's really funny. Uh, you know, before he was named Ram Das, his name was Richard Alper. Dick okay. is short for Richard. Yeah. So it's kind of a funny metaphor on a couple levels, and it's just a ridiculous picture in my mind of Ram Das taking a dick pic. Um. <laughs> But yeah, please, if you're at all interested, check out the new album from You Mean Everyone We Know. Uh, we really took our time with the creation of that record, and I think it really shows, and I'm really, really excited for people to hear it. Uh, not sure if or when we'll be doing shows at the studio again, but if and whenever it is time to do that again, come kick it with us, come play, come hang, and we'll see you.